Welcome to the Digital Transformer Podcast, Europe's number one podcast on building leading digital businesses. My name is Kilian Karasch, and today I talk to Rainer Karcher, Global Head of IT Sustainability at Allianz Technology. Following a steep career in IT in various domains, Rainer went on to pursue his passion and shifted his focus to sustainability. Since, he has helped Siemens and now Allianz drastically reduce their IT carbon footprint. In our podcast recording, we talk about the importance of IT sustainability and how to properly sell it, best practices to make your IT more sustainable, and three tips on getting started. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please share it. Awesome to have you, Reiner. IT sustainability, what is it and why does it matter? Well. First of all, thanks for that question, because mostly sustainability is inflationary being used nowadays. And if you read the term sustainability, most people think about plastic reduction or food changing the way they, they consume, changing maybe the way they um, travel. So it's about aviation, about cars, and mostly IT is not taking into consideration of that. So therefore, it's a valid question to think about. And uh, to me, IT digitalization is not only enabler but accelerated towards a more sustainable world. And what that means is um, separated, at least in my definition, in three different pillars. And the first pillar is for sure the most used one. And everybody just probably knows with green IT, which is all about taking your own footprint um, and trying to improve that to lower the carbon emissions, to lower the energy consumption, which comes along with IT um, and digitalization. Um, that's the, the most used term um, on one hand. The second, and to me, the most biggest pillar is where is IT able to support to achieve the company's goals or the targets uh, which are required to be achieved um, in the world? And this is the handprint. So where is a handprint to be put um, into the surrounding of what you can do with digitalization? And the third one is that the enabling element to me towards yeah, enabling people and engaging people um, and our colleagues then within the company, and this is IT to society. Um, so meaning where is IT, where is digitalization able to support topics like, for example, diversity or inclusion, gender equality, so whatever matters to the society um, and to create a value then on that angle as well. That's a perfect summary. Thanks so much for this introduction. Those are the topics we'll also talk about today. And what is curious to me is the first aspect that you mentioned, because ultimately I think there's a lot of the sustainability activities that take place today really have a very, very strong marketing factor. They're mostly geared towards, let's say, making the company appear good and not so much focus on the actual impact. And given that IT is really something that has a bigger and bigger carbon footprint, at least in certain industries, given that just everything is digitized, this is really a topic that becomes more and more crucial. So I'm super happy to talk about this today. Now, the question is, how do you communicate that impact properly to the world? That's a very valid question. And I can only echo and agree on what you said. Um, first of all, if you look at the current carbon emissions based on IT and digitalization, um, based on the um, German Umweltbundesamt, so Federal Agency for Environmental, we are tending to reach 26 to 27% within the next seven years if we keep going and what we've done in the last couple of years. So in particular, during the pandemic, um, a huge amount of topics just 
changed to digital. So if you just take the example of digital collaboration, if you take a gamification aspect, so um, a, a couple of yeah, game topics just uh, raised dramatically during the pandemic times. For example, beside gamification, then um, not only uh, streaming services, but as well cryptocurrencies, all of that combined uh, with the fact that there is plenty of things now sending data on a day-to-day -day basis each second in huge amount, um, it requires responsible treatment. It requires a focus um, in not just sending a message to the world, which is, well, IT is solving the world's problems and just digitalize everything and then we are good. It's not that easy. It's more the other way around. So we have to be very cautious to not replace one problem and create another one or even a bigger one. So with that, we have to find real solutions and walk the talk with what we do. Um, and this is on multi multiple angles. So we have to focus on equipment. We have to focus on what we use and how we do. Then it is for sure the biggest lever in regard of data centers. We have to see what is the energy consumed for is it worth to consume energy and to produce maybe then um, data which has been transmitted? And the question, the biggest question to me is, how are we going to transport that message to each and every single one of the responsible persons in the IT surrounding? So it all starts with understanding the own impact. And that is valid in particular in the IT world. So this is why my role in particular, sustainability responsible in IT and for IT has been created and why I'm trying to engage with all of my colleagues, starting from developers and coders and data analysts to data center and infrastructure responsibles to each and every one who is um, taking care on uh, provisioning IT services. And if they do understand what sustainability is all about, they are able to create impact and they are able then to create a responsible treatment of IT to be part of the problem and uh, not uh, part of the problem, but part of the solution. Let's say you want to start out as a company or as a startup, uh, say, hey, sustainability is important. It also has a lot of implications, so to speak, for, for hiring and for acquiring future talent. And right now, I want to walk the talk. What is the first step to, let's say, communicate it properly? Because my company and, so to speak, the sponsors of such projects might not be even aware of the fact that it's a crucial topic to tackle in the first place. Absolutely. So walk the talk is, I think, exactly the, the way you have to communicate things. It's not about just displaying it nicely with a certificate or something. Well, this is part of it. So if you are um, yeah, working together with uh, companies like Ecovadis, for example, who in the meantime do focus on um, IT in particular as well in, in that remark, so you can already start showing it to the outside that there is real actions taken and this is being measured and certified at the end. But I think the walk the talk aspect and how to start things is even more crucial. Um, and one of, at least to me, the, the, the most low hanging topics is the hardware which has been used, the equipment which has been used. So not only looking into the procurement phase, so what is equipment which could be probably purchased which is more sustainable than others. I'm not going to name brands now, not to make um, any kind of advertisement, but there is smartphone companies who are able um, to just change the battery yourself. So if, I mean, if, if you take that example and maybe walk it through from there, if you take nowadays smartphones, mostly we have to exchange them after three and a half to four years of extended usage. And why is that? Not because it's not working properly anymore. It's not because it's not getting updates anymore. Most of the companies are ensuring um, updates for five years or even longer. The problem is the battery. And if you're using that in a company surrounding on a day-to-day -day basis, you need to have a reliable product and that reliability 
ends as soon as the battery is lacking capacity. And that is something which can easily be replaced if you are able just to exchange that yourself. I don't want to send my smartphone with all the data on it and with all the dependencies I do have from that device to someone who is just changing then a battery and sending it back to me and maybe, um, I don't know, it takes me a week um, without a phone. I want to do that myself like it had been in the past. So this is procuring already a sustainable product. Then it is about the use phase. So to make use of a device in a proper way, maybe shutting it off overnight, shutting it off over the weekend. Don't keep the, the um, power cord plugged during that time. Make use of only such kind of um, programs and data which you really make use of and which you really need. Sending data only if it's required. So one of the best cases is always um, the old fashioned way, sending PowerPoint slides with big pictures in it, 25 megabytes big as attachment to an email. Well, there is plenty of other opportunities, meanwhile, to store it somewhere in a cloud storage um, and just send a link and then reduce the pictures which are attached within that PowerPoint up front um, to reduce the data amount. So a treatment, a data treatment, which is responsible then here as well, is just another example. And then the most important is to extend the life cycle of a product. So don't exchange every second year, um, but make it use as long as you can. And as soon as you have to, for performance reasons or for anything else, don't throw it away. Don't keep it in your own lockers. I mean, this is, if, if all of us is now looking into lockers at home, I, I doubt that there is a single person listening to this now who does not have an old smartphone somewhere stored. And I mean, this is all resources. This is material which has been used somehow and now could be used somewhere else. I mean, even if it's in, in big companies, maybe not um, the right performance anymore with the product, it could be performant enough somewhere else. So the whole life cycle of physical products, I think from from just the, the amount of topics you can achieve with um, is one of the best examples to start thinking of sustainability. And if you then do a refurbishment and if you take um, care on um, just yeah, a reuse um, aspect of that devices, maybe even donate that devices to um, people who are in need, um, socially disadvantaged people or refugees um, in, in different areas. This is then giving even a social component into this. And you can easily explain what sustainability per definition in real means. And what what's the impact of like, such a thing? Like, let's say you have 10,000 smartphones. You said like an impact that you can actually like put out there, communicate properly. To the outside world as well because i think one thing is to communicate it internally to the stakeholders uh, another thing is to let's say communicate it to the outside world to the shareholders to potential talents uh, customers and so on and so forth well i think it is sending a message itself what you always have to very much be cautious with is how you communicate and what numbers you mention to avoid any kind of greenwashing um in, in that remark as well so the numbers need to be science-based the calculation needs to be reliable it requires to have audit proof type of of measurement which is then behind that and it's always a matter of how you put the things into a communication uh, concept as a whole so if i'm not now, now, just starting to communicate that we are just taking care on all 10,000 smartphones which are being used and just taking care of the refurbishment. Well, this is only one aspect and it doesn't send a strong message. I think that the message itself comes mostly with the whole combination of, of um, all that aspects that we are treating things serious and we are taking care on our own footprint on what we do on a day-to-day -day basis and that we are trying to look into each and every single corner. I mean, to me, sustainability is a very holistic thing I'm treating on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't see myself only as the person 
who is telling how to make a sustainable use of data or of messaging services or collaboration um, in, in the IT surrounding. It is a set starting from the beginning of the, the production of the cycle, um, how it's been transported, how it's been packaged, and um, ends then at the end of the life in a situation which could lead to donation or to handing it over to someone else. And that in combination is, I think to me, um, the most important in communicational concepts as well. If you can just ensure and show that it's not just a single part you're grabbing out and maybe just reducing the emissions with purchasing a certificate, then I think you do have a good story which is then being seen as real value and a real change to the world. And that's exactly what we need to do. I mean, I'm not only focusing on how we are going to attract talents or retain talents within the company with that. I'm very much focusing on how to create value to come to a better world. So I'm considering myself, as you probably have seen, as a climate activist in a suit and activists rather do communication but action and that action comes with exactly a combination of various different aspects now what i'd like to understand there's like say the sustainability aspect that are really just marketing pure marketing to the outside world and then there's those that really have considerable impact but that are often hard to communicate to the outside now taking this let's say differentiation how do you if you say you want to rather go down the impact road which to be fair would do better to all of us. How do you A, communicate that to your internal stakeholders that it's important to convince them and B, how do you then can, let's say, frame it in a way that it also becomes an attractive aspect speaking for the company perceived by the outside world? A very good question. So I think what helps here in that remark is persona thinking and persona thinking means I have to communicate, uh, communicate differently based on who is listening and who is focusing on the communication person. So if I take the internal communication and how I'm maybe just convincing stakeholders or those who are sponsoring topics, there is for sure economical aspects coming on top to the ecological one. So if I just can show that with extending the, the usage of a product, I can lower the cost with being more energy efficient, I'm able to reduce um, um, in other ways, not only the consumption of, of um, carbon emissions, but as well can reduce the cost then as well, which is at least in IT, always a big topic. We have to always be very much focused on cost and we have to be efficient um, and we need to lower our cost each year. So this is anyhow one of the aspects we are quite well aware of and, and have to deal with. So this is then a convincing element on the inside world and within the company. To the outside, it is very much depending on who I'm communicating to as well. If I'm talking to um, shareholders, if I'm talking to investment companies, this is a different way of communication, which is required than talking to maybe the public for reputational aspects, or if I'm talking um, or trying to attract talents, which are then focusing on, on new job positions, maybe for working for the company. So again, this is very much a persona thinking way, which I have to always find the, the um, respective way. So if it's the shareholders, then maybe the same or similar aspects, which is then commercially interested. Uh, might be of interest as well. So they are for sure interested in how am I able to improve a sustainability topic and um, beside then not creating additional cost. On the other side, if it's the public world, the public mostly does have different understandings on what the company is doing. So I need to, to show um, aspects which are then seen as great value. So this could be the, the social aspects like donating or like coming up with maybe working together with um, social companies, with NGOs. If it is on attracting talent, um, I think then it is of much importance to show that you are able to bring yourself in 
in changing the way you work on a day-to-day -day basis. So if I would like to attract you starting to work for me, the most important is that you do have the impression that you are able to bring your own views and your own aspects of what is important in the world within your day-to-day -day work. So you shouldn't leave being maybe passionate for environmental aspects or for life cycle of products or whatever it might be. You shouldn't leave that back at the entrance door of the company. You should be able to bring that in into your daily work. And I am then therefore required to show that this is possible. So this is the angles of what it comes along with. So cutting that story short, it is not a single way of treating communication. It is multiple ways depending on who you are going to communicate to. So it makes it a bit more difficult as in comparison to saying, hey, we just save X ton of waters because we like, I don't know, find a new way on how to do a packaging or whatever. But there's certainly also ways to, to, to make this stand out in a way. And I think given that it is a factor that's relatively new, I think it's ultimately also going to stress the, the seriousness of the company to go for such a, to, to go down such a road. No, absolutely. What is interesting to me is that you, in the beginning, mentioned that there's, let's say, different roles or different hats that you can take on if you talk about IT sustainability. One of them being, let's say, unlocking sustainable information technology. Now, you told me when we first spoke that, especially for service companies such as Allianz, around 18% in that case of emissions come from IT, which is a huge, huge, huge amount of CO2 emissions. And the question is, when is it especially important to focus on sustainable information technology as opposed to enabling sustainability as an IT service? Again, a good question. It, it requires both. Um, so from my point of view, it's not possible to do either or. It requires to have both in combination because... The first thing is, in particular in, in our surrounding, where a huge amount is coming, as you said, from digital and we are producing most of, of the services in a digital way, uh, we have to clean our own house. We have to start thinking of what could we would different and where could we create value. So renewable electricity, for example, is a very much low hanging, which is not even to, to discuss about. I mean, this is a given fact and needs to be decided the sooner the better. We've done that already a couple of times back. Uh, but this is something where I don't want to even think of anymore. It is required. But on the other hand, the question then is, is IT, I'm in, in Allianz Technology, being the IT service provider for Allianz as a whole, as the group, am I doing things for myself? Am I operating data centers for myself? Am I provisioning IT services for myself? No, I don't. It is part of the fundament of the company of what we do. Um, so therefore, I have to be closely aligned with my customers, which is internal divisions, operating entities, other parts of Allianz who are then, beside having a reliable and, and cost-oriented service, which is um, ensuring all the various different angles of IT, uh, meaning cybersecurity, all of that, that it is supporting what they do, maybe with modern ways and different ways of thinking, with uh, data treatment, with creating transparency due the usage of data. And so therefore, it is a combination of both ways. And I think in particular now, trying to convince my my internal uh, stakeholders with we have to do things different and more sustainable, um, first of all, requires that I do that for myself as well, because how should I tell others um, how they have to act if I don't do that for me? So therefore, the, it's a combination of both. And ultimately, let's say both also goes just like irrespective of which industry you're in. If you're more a service company, 
then let's say sustainable information technology might be more impactful, so to speak. Whereas if you generate hard products, if you're like in a particular industry that produces, I don't know, cars, for instance, or fashion, um, then it's more about seeing how you can say make the services that you provide as an IT more sustainable. Now let's first focus on the first part. How do you implement sustainable information technology? Well, that's a very, very broad area. So there is not a, a very short answer possible. Um, sorry for that. But I mean, how to implement it is a various different complex aspect, which starts with the awareness as said already. So we need to make aware that there is the, the angle of, of um, electricity. I mean, this is where it all comes from. The cons consumption of electricity in data centers and um, cooling that down um, is the biggest topic of carbon emissions. I mean, this is the, the, the first starting and the low-hanging one, the most low-hanging one. Then it goes to infrastructural component. It goes to be efficient in what we do and avoid any kind of um, idling systems which are just running around for nothing. We have to be um, able to treat data in a responsible and respective way that we are not um, storing everything without need. And then in the long run, um, it is even looking into coding and scripting. So green software is one of the, the buzzwords which has been coming more and more to the attention. So a hardware component can only be um, operated as sustainable as possible if the software which is running on top um, is allowing that to do so. So if software is, for example, then sending huge amount of data in the back without any need and without any value, then the software is avoiding the hardware from um, getting idling or just shutting it off. Um, so that's one of the things which we have to focus and look into as well. Beside, as said, the infrastructure, beside um, all different angles of, of consuming electricity. Um, and then it goes into each and every single corner of data treatment, of automation, of efficiency. Um, so we have to start thinking of which data is being used in which way. How could we maybe combine or aggregate different systems to reduce the amount of um, then it is a simple thing to look into maybe ghost systems. So I have been surprised, to be honest, if you look into the usage of devices and services and how little some of that services has been used over the year. And that brings up the question, do we really need to have that? Maybe this is, um, so, so to say, grown structures which are from the past and some of that are not even required anymore, but nobody's questioning it. So we do have a huge backpack of topics we are carrying around without even questioning whether it is required or not. So less is more is in that remark one of the topics as well to look into from an applicational point of view cleaning it up which by the way then leads mostly to reducing cost once again as well so therefore it is always that correlation of reducing consumption reducing carbon emissions and reducing cost then in addition as well and that is just giving now the the first couple of ideas and and um, creating maybe a hopefully a bit of an impression of what that topic comes all along so what you mentioned is, first of all, looking at the energy and then also looking at what are, let's say, the idling systems that are ultimately not really being used. You can either shut off or, let's say, consolidate. What are other aspects? Well, this is the, the, the most yeah, low-hanging one and, and the topics you can start with. Um, if it's then going to code and script um, and data amount, um, that would be something which you could look into as well. So take the own website of your company, take that website, look into the amount of data which has been shared. Um, most of the companies meanwhile are quite fancy and there is videos playing. There is a huge set of pictures being shown and brought up in automatically. Well, this is creating huge amount of data which has been transmitted to each and every one who is opening your website. 
And it's always the question, is that required? Is that really creating value? Is that making it different? So that could be uh, one of the additional aspects to look into. And the same is with code. Um, so nowadays we are using a lot of low-code um, applications, producing a lot of apps in a very fast-fashioned way, which is good. On the other hand, um, it is therefore carrying a lot of data along, which is not even being used. So this is the disadvantage of low-code, that there is plenty of, of parts um, like uh, bricks, which are being put together and always being used, even if you don't have value out of that. So looking into code, looking into your applications and make your thoughts of what could be maybe reduced, what could be cut off, how could we make that, uh, which again, not coming just only with cost reduction, but with performance increase. So the, the smaller and the less data is being transmitted, the more performant websites or applications can get. Which I think is is good then on the other end also for for let's say customer facing application or user facing applications in general because users want speed. I just thought while you were talking that it could be a very interesting discussion to have if you ultimately let's say put a marketing person in the room who is like responsible for making these fancy websites for instance and then putting you in the room and let's say where do you strike the balance between on the one hand enhancing performance on the positive side and also emissions. And then on the other side, let's say, making A, the development, thanks to low code, and B, the performance as well, where the, the usability through a lot of features and a lot of appealing features, nice. So how, how would you very, convince that stakeholder? <laughs> very, very interesting aspect. And indeed, I, I am in such kind of discussions from, from time to time. Well, the, the question is, could we maybe, maybe even make use of the, the green aspect as type of part of the UX and, and the usability of something. If you just convince people and use that as a marketing instrument, um, that your website or your application is now consuming 20% less carbon emissions due to reducing the amount of data being transmitted, I think this could even be an advantage. It could be even a differentiation to competitors on the market um, if you do so and others don't. But for sure, I mean, usability and in particular from an IT point of view, I'm in IT 25 years. So UX and usability is a topic which I am quite, quite familiar with from, from the former world. So therefore, it is always a balance. It's always just trying to find the right respective way to make applications the most useful to the end users and create the, the least impact down on the other side to the environment with the amount of data being transmitted. But I think it is worth looking into both aspects at the same time. So the, the parts of the past mostly had been focusing either on one hand or on the other. So I think it is a absolutely important topic to do exactly what you proposed, put both persons on the same table or put the teams together into a room and just make them think and make them exchange and maybe try to find solutions which are then fulfilling both areas, at least partial. And now moving on to enabling sustainability as an IT service, because right now we, we covered, we reduce energy, we look at where the main data sources are, or which systems are being used, how much, how much data is being transmitted, where's to really, let's say, optimize the sustainability of our own information technology. Now, if we want to move a step ahead and now we say, hey, we're more in a, let's say, production or manufacturing environment, how do you then, if you're an IT service, make sure to maximize your impact on the sustainability level? 
Well, it all starts with data and the data which is then being used to create transparency. If I do not know what is happening, where I'm not able to influence it, and this is exactly where IT digitalization and data treatment comes massively into the game. So if I take the example of my past where I had been working at Siemens, there is more and more the customers, the clients and shareholders requiring to have a product environmental footprint shown or the impact of a product on what it comes along with in regard of environmental aspects. Carbon is just one of them. It's about um, yeah, materials. It's about human rights. It's about slavery and a lot of things which are coming into that topic. And it's not able, if you take the example of an ICE of a train, it's millions of parts which are being put together in, in so many different manufacturing steps. There is plenty of hundreds of thousands of suppliers which are working together with us um, or used to work together with me in the past in, in Siemens. And it's impossible to create such kind of transparency um, manually with maybe Excel or something else. Uh, you need to have automation. And that automation comes with data analytics, with a, a automatic treatment, with reliability, um, and with the way we make use of data. So this is where IT is crucial and without any doubt creating big, big value, which is then um, not only fulfilling the requirements from customers and shareholders, but um, just making transparency for designing and developing products then for the future as well. So um, one of the buzzwords is the green digital twin. This is just enabling a digital twin of a product of a component upfront prior to have the first physical construction made. And within uh, the, the sustainability surrounding the green digital twin therefore enables to already simulate what is components um, to be used? Where could I maybe lower the resources which I have to make um, use of? Where could I maybe think of already how is the product being manufactured and then dismantled after usage? Then again, how is materials being yeah, split from each other, which has been combined at the beginning and the design phase? Maybe plastics which need to be melted or whatever things um, which are being combined with others. How is repairability um, ensured within that product phase? So all of that can be simulated with the green digital twin, which is helping then within the factories, within the production site as well. And what comes on top is most of the data which is being shown and reported nowadays in ESG reportings or in any kind of sustainability reportings and the products on um, which are being part of that to be audit proof and traceable. So all the data which you come along with um, is nothing worth if you just do that manual on a piece of paper, so to say. It requires a yeah, as said, a traceable and a reliable way, uh, which is then um, audit proof as well at the end of that phase. And therefore, again, um, IT is creating the value and digital is creating the value which is seen and in increasing the speed of being able to report then as well. So this is another aspect. Um, if you take um, sustainability annual reports, which take place in most of the companies nowadays, it requires huge amount of hours and effort with various different persons within the company to prepare that. In the future, with all upcoming directives, CSRD and, and all of that, name them, um, this will be way more urgently required to report maybe on an annual basis or just on a quarterly basis than in the future again. And that quarterly basis is nothing you could just handle with the way and the treatment how it has been done in the past. It requires automation, it requires efficiency, and that again comes with digitalization and IT. Which is probably what you just brought up with regards to the ESG um, goals and also requirements, it's a very strong point to ultimately convince other stakeholders to move into that direction. Now, if I want to enable such traceability, how do I do this? Well, first of all, you need to understand what is the source of your data? Where is the data really coming from? 
Um, and um, I mean, it's mostly then, and that's a good thing in, in 2022, uh, a huge amount of suppliers and partners we are working together with is already providing data access either in push or in pull. So I could get data from their sources, from their databases and um, via API, put them towards my reporting system, or I can just get that uploaded from their side, depending on confidentiality of data. Um, and that is already the first step. So the, the traceability comes with knowing what the source is and have it traceable means that I'm seeing the whole chain of data transmission from the start to the final reporting and I'm able to see what is being changed and who from. And that traceability therefore um, is something which a, a auditor nowadays would like to see in a digital component. He would like to deep dive into that data set. He's grabbing sample sets out of um, and would like to understand who did the upload, who did the sourcing of that data, who was the person who changed it and converted it from energy consumption into carbon emissions and how, what is the algorithm which has been used in the back. And all of that um, is, is a topic which is not able to be done manually. As I said, it, it requires systems. And we do have luckily nowadays a good portion of tools on the market uh, which are able to do so. And um, I mean, we can make use of the experience of cybersecurity, which has more or less the same objective. So in cybersecurity aspects, you need to have an, a good understanding of data in a secure way. And the traceability therefore comes along with here as well. So we can make use of the experience gathered there. So beyond, let's say, the IoT segment, when, you, when we talk about, let's say, machines and physical technology, it's also just really about, let's say, plugging into the right data sources and first of all, understanding where they are uh, or where the data comes from to, to, to really enable, let's say, a holistic and transparent overview. But how much does, let's say, IoT, like in, in right now in, in the manufacturing setting, how much does IoT really, let's say, play a part yeah, it, it does play a, a crucial part, I think, in, in some areas. So if you take automotive in, in the current settings, I think IoT um, and, and data is already crucial for electric companies and to electrify the cars to avoid any kind of, of um, errors or issues. And you do have the ability to just identify based on movement and on, on monitoring data um, sent by IoT. Uh, what is the current status of the car? Could I maybe just update software on the fly and avoid any kind of issues? Um, so in that remark, I think there is already a huge importance. In some other areas, it is slowly increasing. The maintenance is one of the aspects, um, again, from the past, from, from Siemens, where it was possible to, for example, just foresee and to, to predict what kind of component in a train, for example, will have any kind of a problem in the future and do maintenance upfront then without getting into a problem. So a train is moving constantly all across um, Germany. So therefore you have to always predict where it's going to end and when, and to bring the component and the part, the replacement part, which you probably need then to the respective place and not have outage times. And that is something where IoT and the data treatment helps as well, predictive way. In other areas, um, like um, now in my in, in the Alliance world, um, IoT is just starting to kick in and um, influencing then insurances, for example, with a bit more transparency on clients and, and how we could just maybe improve mental health or, or health aspects, for example, with maybe apps which are supporting you with maybe some recommendations or tips and tricks based on your day-to-day -day living. Um, but this is, I think, very much at the beginning. And in that remark, it's not too, too heavily used at the moment. So it's not, let's say, a prerequisite currently for, let's say, fostering sustainability in IT services. 
I wouldn't say that it's a prerequisite. I think it is a good part of it and it could be useful depending on the area and the industry you're working at. Um, but in some other areas, it doesn't have the, the biggest importance nowadays. But well, it is definitely worth looking into. And again, now uh, jumping a couple of minutes back in regard of responsible treatment of data, to be honest, I doubt that I do have a big value with a fridge or my laundry, which is sending data and sending me a, a message that the laundry is finished now and I could remove it. Well, this is something which I would scratch the back of my head and doubt that this is really required and maybe creating value in a way like it is worth the, the effort which has been taken into from an energy consumption and therefore carbon emission point of view. So to sum it up, I see sustainability. What are the three core factors anyone who wants to tackle this topic has to start doing today? First of all, create transparency and due to that transparency, the awareness of what you can do and how, because nothing is worth putting focus into without able to measure the success. Um, if you're starting nitty gritty with all the little things and you don't focus on creating the as is at the beginning to measure the success of what you're putting as an effort into, there will be plenty of people surrounding you doubting that it's really making a difference. And on the other hand, you're not creating the value maybe in, in communicational aspects, either internal as well to the external world as well, if you can't prove. So this is the first. The second is not trying to have a 100% picture view already created at the beginning, because this is nearly impossible. Even those who are quite deep in that green bubble, so to say, who are working on a day-to-day -day basis with sustainability aspects have to learn each day. If you look into directives, if you look into any laws which are coming across, it's just by myself. I mean, in, in, in that topic, I'm working extensively and heavily on a day-to-day -day basis since nearly three years now. And I just got surprised a couple of weeks back with a new directive coming from the European Union, which is the equivalent to the German Supply Chain Transparency Act called CSDDD, the Corporate Supply Chain Due Diligence Directive. And I was like, okay, so the, the next shortening, which I have to learn, the next thing, which I have to deep dive in the next 700 pages of topics, which I have to start working on. So what I was going to say is don't even try to understand everything prior to start, just do it, get into it, get it a start and try to learn while doing and not just wait for that because we don't have the time to wait. And the third, and this is to me the most important one, SDG 17 is partnership for the goals. And partnership means exchange openly with others, get in collaboration, get in exchange with persons who are maybe broadening your horizon, who are opening up your views, get in contact with people and openly share and exchange with what you have been doing good and what did not work out well. So the, the deadlocks of what you had been running against, openly share them and trust, try to support others in avoiding to run against the same barriers. And for me, sustainability is not competitive. For me, sustainability is collaborative. And that's, at said, the most important. Thank you, Reiner. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Talking about collaboration, where can people want to get in touch with you who want to exchange your spare ideas, get hold of you? So first of all, the most easy and convenient way is indeed LinkedIn. Um, so find me on LinkedIn, climate activist in a suit. Um, if you search for that term, you'll find me there or based on my on my name. Um, beside that, I'm very much seen and visible next year. Um, 2023 will be a year full of physical uh, meetings and get togethers and events. So I'll be on, on plenty of, of um, events then beginning in, I think, January in Karlsruhe, where there is a summit 
Um, then there's plenty of other um, events which I'll be um, guiding um, and, and supporting with and being present on tables and round tables. So always a pleasure to run into people physically. Don't be shy in, in talking to me um, and um, in, in German at least with my first name, P please, um, always from the start. Um, so um, with that, just try to, to get in contact with me and uh, find my, my contact details on LinkedIn and then I'm more than happy to exchange even in personal um, exchange one-on-one -on -one if required. Awesome. Thanks again for joining me today and I hope to see you soon. Thank you very much, Kilian, for having me and looking forward to seeing you soon as well.